Which of the following words is negative? Love, warmth, laughter, discipline. The answer is none. Contrary to what many people think, discipline is not a negative word. Discipline comes from the Greek word that means to train. Discipline involves the long and vigilant task of guiding a child from infancy to adulthood. The goal is that the child would reach a level of maturity that will allow him one day to function as a responsible adult in society. Stay tuned today as I interview Dr. Gary Chapman, author of The Five Love Languages of Children. We'll discuss discipline and the love languages. This is Kay Meyer, host of Family Shield. My guest is Dr. Gary Chapman, author of many books, and today we're going to be talking about your book, The Five Love Languages of Children. Welcome. Well, thank you, Kay. It's good to be with you. It's good to hear your voice again. I want to ask if you will just pretty quickly go through those five love languages. Uh, give us just a little description of each one. Yeah, five ways to communicate love emotionally to children. No particular order, uh, but one of them is words of affirmation, using words to affirm the child. You did a good job with that. I'm proud of you. I love you. Just words that affirm the child. And then there's acts of service, doing something for the child. Uh, maybe you're mending a doll dress or you're pumping up a football. You're just doing something for the child. Then there's gifts. It's universal to give gifts as an expression of love. They don't have to be expensive gifts, but it's a token. It's a visible symbol that you were thinking about them and you got them this gift. And then there's quality time, giving the child your undivided attention, playing ball with them, sitting on the floor, rolling a ball back and forth if they're small, taking a walk with them in the park if they're getting a little larger. Quality time, giving the child your undivided attention. And then there's physical touch, holding them and kissing them and holding their hand or putting them in the air if they're small enough for you still to do that. Uh, But physical touch that communicates to that child your love. And, And the central message of the book is that every child has a primary love language. One of the five is more important than the other four. It speaks more deeply than the other four. So the key is learning your child's primary love language, choosing to speak it on a regular basis so the child's love tank stays full and the child feels secure in your love. One of the chapters of your book talks about discipline in the five love languages. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about that. Well, you know, Kay, all of us have to discipline our children. And as you said in your opening comments, discipline is a positive word. It has to do with training children. And discipline basically means that parents set rules, rules that we believe are healthy for the child, and then we have discipline. If they break those rules, they have to suffer the consequences of breaking those rules. But here's the key. A child is more likely to receive the discipline in a positive way if they feel loved by the parents. If they don't feel loved, they may take the discipline as being unfair. So what I suggest is, if you know your child's primary love language, you wrap the discipline in love. If, for example, their language is gifts, you might walk in and say to a child who's broken a rule and you're going to have to discipline them, I've got something for you. And you give them the little gift. It can be a penny. It can be a little piece of candy. I love you. Now, I've got to talk something very serious with you. And now you start talking about the discipline. You administer the discipline. 
And before you leave, you reach in your pocket and say, oh, I've got one more gift for you. And you give them a gift. You wrapped the discipline in a gift. And the child walks away feeling, my mother, my father loves me. This is fair. I did wrong. I had to suffer the consequences. But if they did not feel loved and you simply went in and administered the discipline, the child may walk away feeling, I try so hard to do what's right and I mess up and my parents clobber me. Mm -hmm. They walk away feeling like this is not right. This is unfair. So extremely important that the child feels loved when you are administering the discipline. Just a thought, wouldn't teachers be helped if they caught on to these five love languages? Have you written any books for teachers? You know, Kay, many public schools are using this book, The Five Love Languages of Children, in teacher workshops teaching this concept to children. And uh, we do actually have a, a manuscript. We don't have it published yet. We're looking for the right publisher that will take this concept into the public schools And it's designed for teachers to actually teach this in the schoolroom to children. Imagine what would happen if the teacher knew the love language of each of the children in their their place. Because, you see, what we've learned is if children feel loved by the teacher, they're going to learn more from the teacher, just like they do from parents. So, yes, I think this is particularly a positive tool for school teachers. And if parents are using it in the home, how much more effective it would be if the teacher is also using it. Yes, and many parents have told me that they have given the book to their oh. child's school teacher and said, you know, here's something that I'm working on with them at home. I thought you might enjoy reading this. And most teachers, when they read it, will say, ooh, yes, I want to use this concept. Uh, it will make a big difference in the learning atmosphere they create in the classroom. Well, you also talk about discipline versus punishment. Explain that. The purpose of discipline is to train the child to do right. It's not to cause pain to the child. That's not the purpose. It's not to beat the child. The purpose of discipline is to train the child. The reason we had the rule in the first place is we felt like if they obeyed this rule, life would be better for them. If they disobeyed the rule, they would hurt themselves and perhaps hurt other people. The whole purpose is not to bring, inflict punishment on the child. The purpose of discipline is to train the child to make wise choices. And one of the ways that children learn how to make wise choices is by suffering the consequences when they break a rule. That's why I encourage couples, when you establish a rule for your child, also establish the consequences. What will Uh happen if the child breaks the rule? So that both of you, mother and dad, know what the consequences will be. And the child knows, if they're old enough to explain it to them, that if you break this rule, here's what happens. Now, everyone knows what the consequences will be. And you're not as likely to overreact and then, you know, kind of take your anger out on the child if you've already decided what the consequences will be. So that's a key issue for parents. Yes. And um, the love languages can be used then, let's say there's a problem, the child is um, getting up at night. How would you use those love languages to help deal with an issue that they're maybe getting up every night and coming into your bedroom or they won't go to sleep? What what would you do? I think uh, two things. First of all, you would check their love tank before you put them to bed, (laughs) which I mean (laughs) depending on the age of the child, of course, and their understanding. But to say to them, how full is your love tank? 
and they'll say 10 or 8 or 6, you know, on a scale of 0 to 10. And if it's not totally full, you say, get out of bed. I want to give you one more hug. Oh. If physical touches their language, <laughs> yes, and you yes. just give them a big hug. Is it full now? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and if they go to bed with a full love tank, they're less likely to be coming to you. A part of the reason they get up in the middle of the night is they're awake and they're feeling distance between mm. them and the parent. So if you fill the love tank before they go to bed, they're less likely to do that. Now, the other factor is it may be, a, it may be an insecurity factor. It may be a fear factor as to why the child is getting up and coming to you. They heard a noise and they got frightened. If that's the reason, then you ask them, why don't you get out of bed? Because the rule is, you know, you stay in your room once you go there. And if it's a fearful thing, then you go check it out, you know, whatever the noise was. You try to, you know, give, give some security to them. But if it becomes a habit, you know, starts to become a habit, you say to them, now, you know, we've got to break this habit because as you grow up, we have to learn to sleep, you know, in our room by ourselves. And the mom and dad is doing everything we can to make you secure and happy. And so if you come into my room next time, then this is what will have to happen. And so you give them some kind of discipline for that so that they learn I've got to learn to stay there and work over, you know, mm-hmm. work through my emotions so that I can grow up and be, you know, a strong man or woman. The discipline, any other thoughts related to discipline and the love language? Well, one thing I would say is this. If you use the child's primary love language as a means of discipline, by which I mean, let's say physical touch is a child's primary love language. That's what makes them feel loved. And you discipline that particular child by spanking them. Spanking is very severe punishment to that child because you're taking their primary language, you're turning it around in a negative way, and you're giving them touches that bring pain. Hmm. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that you should never use physical touch you know, as a, as a means of discipline, but I would say it should be a really severe penalty, and you shouldn't do that just all the time. Uh, let me give you another example. If quality time is a child's primary language that is being with you and having your undivided attention, and your primary method of discipline is to isolate the child, you know, time out in the corner, mm-hmm. that's severe discipline for oh, that child. Interesting. Another child, if it's not their language, they may go in their room, you know, mm-hmm. that's your punishment, go in your room for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. They go in there and have fun. That's what my kids used to do. Yeah, but if it's quality time is their language, they go in there and they feel oh, rejected. They feel isolated. So uh, we try to match the discipline with the level of the crime. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. And if it's not a really severe crime, it shouldn't be severe discipline. Oh, that's very, very interesting. I mean, this whole issue of the uh, the the child that maybe gets uh, spanked in some way yeah. and that hurts them so much. Um, so that's very interesting. All right. Um, what about you? We t- because we talked on uh, a little bit about teachers just for a couple minutes, the learning and the love language. Yeah. Well, I think the basic principle is this. If a child feels loved by an adult, they're far more likely to be open to learning from that adult, whether it's a parent, whether it's a grandparent, or whether it's a school teacher. So that being the case, if we, can, as adults, can effectively learn how to love children, we open up the doorway to our being a positive influence in their lives in terms of teaching them. But the child who does not feel loved by the teacher, whether the teacher's a parent or a school teacher, 
is going to be closed to learning very much from that teacher. That's why, if you'll notice in school, some children, if they tell you they don't like their teacher, that their teacher's unfair, and that they don't like their teacher, that child will have a difficult academic year Mm -hmm. because they're going against their emotions, even Mm -hmm. trying to learn from that teacher. But if they love their teacher and feel loved by their teacher, they're going to learn the maximum amount under that teacher. And that's why most of us can look back on our uh, years in school, elementary school, and say, you know, I learned a lot in this grade. I didn't learn much in that grade. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it didn't have to do necessarily with the teacher's skills. It had to do with the relationship between the teacher and the child. So helping a child feel loved by speaking their primary language creates a positive learning atmosphere. All right. Very good. I want to mention to our listeners that Dr. Chapman has donated some of his books to us. Then we're going to give those away to our listeners. If you'd like to receive one of those books, call the Family Shield Response Center 1-877-317-4326. That number again, 877-317-4326. My guest has been Dr. Gary Chapman. And uh, we have about a minute left, just a little short message related to your book for our listeners. I would just say to parents, be consistent. Love your children consistently. Speak their love language every day. And in your discipline, also be consistent. Don't overreact one day and then let it slide the next day. Mm. Have clear rules. Have clear consequences. Lovingly administer the discipline. And when you do, chances are your child will grow up to be a healthy adult. Thank you so much. Dr. Gary Chapman is my guest. This is Kay Meyer, and uh, that was our first half of the program with Dr. Gary Chapman. Uh, The second half of our program, I'm going to be sharing a little bit more about Discipline God's Way. And uh, as you know, uh, God's unconditional love for us was shown and is shown as he sent his son Jesus to be our Savior and Lord. Yet although God loves us, he also at times does discipline us. And that is a biblical uh, teaching. And let me just read a couple verses that talk about that just to uh, help our listeners understand that God does discipline us. In Deuteronomy 8.5, we read, Know then in your heart, that as a man disciplines his son, the Lord your God disciplines you. And so it's kind of the same thing. God disciplines us, not because he's trying to be mean to us, but because he's trying to help us learn. We discipline our children because we want them to learn. And in Job 5.17, we read, Behold, blessed is the one whom God reproves, Therefore, despise not the discipline of the Almighty. Again, another verse, and there are many other verses that that tell us that God can discipline us. Maybe we're doing something wrong, and he will discipline us. In the same way, as parents, we do discipline our children. We want to do it appropriately and in love, as Dr. Chapman talked about the five love languages and discipline. Uh, Ephesians 6.1 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. 
And this is one of the commandments as well. But we know our children just don't always do everything right. They are sinners just as we are. And so again, parents want to discipline them in love. Uh, Another verse that always causes uh, concern, especially from fathers, is Ephesians 6, 4. It says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And we could probably do a whole Bible study on how fathers might exasperate their children, but I'm not going to talk about that completely today. What I'm going to be sharing in the next half of the program is just some of the highlights from one of my Bible studies called Discipline God's Way. In my book, Teaching Your Children Christian Values, in chapter one, there's a question and it says, what is the most effective form of discipline? And then we talk about the difference between punishment and discipline, which Dr. Chapman also touched on, training a child in mind and character to enable him to become a self-controlled, constructive member of society. This involves training through every type of communication, guidance by example, modeling, verbal instruction, written request, teaching, providing learning, and fun experiences. Punishment is only one of the many ways of discipline, and it is the most negative way. Guidance toward right thought and action is far superior to punishment for wrong actions. Discipline is necessary in families. Children don't always do what is right. Sometimes they sin and disobey us. And so as we think about discipline, we should also mention that it should be age and offense appropriate. Several alternative forms of discipline to physical discipline or corporate uh, punishment include that we be consistent and listen first to our children. I remember when our children were growing up and uh, our two older ones, somehow one of them spilled uh, a nail polish remover on my husband and my wood uh, bedroom set. And uh, for the longest time, we still, I, I don't even know today if we know which one of them did it because they would point the figure, finger, you know, he did it and she said she did it. And we just uh, were never really sure. So we had to punish them both. But we had to have it be um, age and offense appropriate. And um, and they were pretty young at the time, so I'm sure it was an accident. But uh, we need to listen first. I can also remember at times where I punished one child, and then later on, as I listened a little more carefully, I realized I had punished the wrong child. So it's very important that we be consistent and that we listen first. We don't always hear the truth, though. Children are often afraid when they get caught doing something and they won't always tell you the truth. So it is challenging. We want to set clear rules and regulations before problems occur. My daughter always writes down age-appropriate rules for the children. Even little Luke, who's just going to be three, has pictures of what he's supposed to do every morning 
and those are his rules. And and she won't give him too many. She might give him just four or five things that he's supposed to do. Then when he gets that down, that he understands he should do this and he should do the next thing, then they may start with other rules because you can't give them 25 different things and expect them to learn them all tomorrow. So again, clear rules and regulations before the problems occur. And a lot of times it's because a problem occurs that you have to set the rule. So it happens you uh, discipline them, but then let's set it up. Let's put it in a picture form if they're very young or put it in written form if they're old enough to read and uh, begin to deal with it, each issue as you have time. <clears throat> we also want to remember to praise and reinforce the children for appropriate behavior when they do something right. Catch them doing things right instead of always telling them what they're doing wrong. Praise them when they do something right. And you might need to really work hard to find them doing something right, but they will at times do good things. I like the way you're sitting at dinner and you're eating so nicely. It might be something they really like to eat, but find a way to praise them. Um, another thing as we discipline, we might need to remove privileges from them. What do they really like to do? If they break a rule, then you might want to remove that privilege from them. So uh, whatever that is, if it's to go outside and play, make sure it's short and age appropriate so that you're not telling a child, all right, you did something wrong. Now you need to stay in for two weeks. No, no. We want, you know, if they're young children, Usually, if you give them a timeout, it's going to be based on their age. So if they're three, it might be three minutes. If they're five, it might be five minutes. Um, so removing privileges, think ahead and tell them what those privileges will be that will be removed if they break those rules. Uh, I already mentioned timeout, but use timeout as you have uh, things come up. It, it's a good uh, way to discipline without being, you know, without spanking, without doing anything, because children like to have privileges. And when you give them a timeout, they don't like it. And they will learn. And we call that behavior modification. Parents should also acknowledge the child's emotions and offer that unconditional love that Dr. Chapman was talking about. A parent's unconditional love is not the same as God's unconditional love because we uh, are not God, but yet we continue to love them even when they don't always do what we want them to do. And that's the kind of unconditional love that we're speaking about. Um, effective parents acknowledge their children's emotions and offer unconditional love. So um, Jesus said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his, his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. John three sixteen and 17. Uh, a few more questions from my book uh, that talks about this discipline is, um, uh, what should be the overriding purpose concerning any discipline that you give your child? Think about that. Is your home always peaceful? 
Then what kind of peace is Jesus speaking of in John 16, verses 33, when he says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I want to just make an announcement and then I'll hopefully have time to come back for a couple closing thoughts. You're listening to Family Shield, a listener-supported radio production of Family Shield Ministries. Second Corinthians 8-7 says, But just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. Family Shield shares God's grace and transforms lives eternally. And we request your prayers and financial support. Become a partner with us in proclaiming the gospel. Your partnership makes it possible for us to strengthen individuals and their families for Christ. You can send your donations to Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. You can also give online at www. FamilyShieldMinistries.com. Um, I want you to, here's something you can do. Think about a time when you handled your discipline with your children or grandchildren ineffectively. Take time now, uh, privately or with someone else to pray for forgiveness and ask God to help you handle that discipline more effectively next time. Again, think about what Dr. Chapman mentioned, the five love languages of children, how you can wrap a discipline issue in love if you know their primary love language, and uh, learn more about those love languages. I think it's extremely important to make sure our children know, even when we're disciplining them, that we love them. It's just so critical that we do that. And uh, I also want you to think about why forgiveness is such an important ingredient in family life. How do you model forgiveness for your children? I hope that you're modeling it every day. I want to just mention that next week our topic is Share Your Faith Through Social Networking. And my guest is Gretchen Jamison. Uh, social networking is like Facebook and Twitter. How do we share our faith in those um, types of situations? And I want to thank you for listening. We encourage you to t- attend church this weekend. Invite a family member or friend to join you. May the Lord bless you and your family. You can join us next time for Family Shield, and you can learn more on our website at www.familyshieldministries.com. You can also sign up for our email newsletter on the homepage of our website. This is Kay Meyer of Family Shield. Thanks for listening. God bless you. You've been listening to Family Shield, a radio production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people to know Christ, grow in His Word, and strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri 63123. 